0: We've been podcasting oh, yeah, for centuries or something. or something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like the apocalypse outside. We're going to come out and all the libraries are going to be destroyed. and we Oh. Classes. I know.
0: It's like the li- Library of Alexandria all over again. <laughs> that was a crazy thing that happened.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Like all of the world's knowledge, like the greatest things in the world
1: destroyed. Did the Greeks not know about backing up your your hard copies? I mean, come on. That was a hard copy. <laughs> there was no oh, hard copy. So we Nathan. just need to find the ancient Greek internet and then we'll be good to go. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. I think it's underground with the mole people. That's, well, yeah. I think that's where it is. <laughs> They've got the path. Oh yeah, it makes sense. The mole people would be the IT people of the Greek. Totally. Mm-hmm, underappreciated. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Sitting undergrounds. They have all the information. That's how Atlantis started. It was one of those offshore data centers, and it sank, and they're just like, we got the data. We got the data. (laughs) Can I call this
0: podcast We Got the Data? We got the data. We got, oh, we got the beat. We got the beat. (laughs) No, you have the beat. I got the beats. Oh, you have beats, (laughs) and I have one beat? Yeah, well, I have diabetes. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's an unfortunate way to start the podcast, because yes, we have started it. Yep. And Nathan Martin's here today. Hi. Good to see you again, Carlos. Good to see you. It's
1: been too long. It's been way too long. Mm -hmm. Like, uh... Like a year or something? I think so, at least. Jeez. Not even, you know, it's funny. I figured we would have crossed paths in one of the many events that we go to or host. Oh, yeah. And I think the last time I actually saw you was at Raygun when you hosted a live podcast with Kelsey and uh, a couple other people. Yeah, the video game break. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Which is still a good show, and I really appreciate it. And I uh, thank everybody who came out and was on that show. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to say this real quick. Didn't talk about this pre-podcast because we had a couple drinks and some pizza Mm -hmm. at the A Pizza Mart, which is a great place. Oh, yeah. They want to give give us some money. A Pizza Mart. They don't need to give us money. It's a great place. Give Um, us pizza. Yeah, that's true. Oh, by (laughs) the way, look what I have. Video game pizza.
1: Sure. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: It's under a shirt, so it doesn't really make a difference, but. It's a secret secret pizza. It's a secret shirt. Secret pizza shirt. Uh, I started podcasting again. Mm Mm-hmm. I'd podcasted before in the past in San Francisco, but I pod- started podcasting again because of you. Because of me? You, Nathan. Really? I literally came back mm-hmm. in 2014 to mm-hmm. Seattle from being an SF and doing crazy things. Mm-hmm. Google, you'll find it. And I was like, what should I do? I like video games. I worked on a lot of different things. I did call a lot a of lot things, of back things then, I know. Yeah. But I, I was like, well, let me go on this uh, podcast this guy has.
1: You know, he seems cool. That was the Seattle Retro Gaming Podcast, now defunct. Pew, pew, don't, don't look it up. <laughs> Wait, I can take back my pow, pow, <laughs> Never mind.
0: <laughs> it's blank, uh, blank, blank. Blank, 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 blank. Nothing there. <laughs> blank, blank. 404. Four. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so I went on that with uh, Kinsey, you mm-hmm. and Kinsey. And Rob. And Rob
1: was there. Mm-hmm. Now the director of the uh, operations at the Living Computers Museum. I was going to say that. Famous plug. I love the Living Computer Museum. If you're in Seattle, Oh, go man. to it. They're doing amazing things and a lot of it is because of Rob. He's a fantastic networker and he has made some amazing things happen there. They totally. have like they had, they had like a back to the future night there and they have uh this awesome little 80s arcade setup. Have you seen that? I have. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you go in and they've got like the shag carpet and the yeah. and the old TV and some arcade machines. It's um, so cool. Yeah, yeah, Rob's doing an amazing job there.
0: Yeah. I appreciate it and I appreciate uh that podcast because that's
1: how I basically Decided to do podcasting again. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm flattered. I'm really happy that my uh, you know, crappy attempt at making a podcast to try and promote our, our uh, Seattle Retro Gaming Expo uh, inspired somebody to do something cool. Well, here's what
0: it is. I think what it, we talk about this actually um, pre-podcast as well, but mm-hmm. when you kind of go and do something and if you have that kind of fire that burns in you to do something, things happen that you didn't expect. Mm-hmm. People can take away have a lot of different takeaways from what you're doing, even though you might think it's shit yeah. or you might think it's okay or whatever. But then it does influence people. like yeah. people get affected by a lot more things than you think.
1: yeah, you know i i um have experienced that a lot recently, and I know we'll get into kind of what I'm doing and and um, the things that are happening in my life right now. But recently, because of what I've been going through, I have, I've been calling it cashing in karma checks um, Mm. because I've spent a lot of time in the last 10 or 15 years creating things that I want to exist. And I think that that's really like it's another way of saying that if you're passionate about something, it will be successful. But uh, the way that I like to think of it is if you want something to exist and it doesn't, you should make it happen. Because if you want it to exist, chances are many other people want it to exist yes, as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then that can create these ripple effects, which is similar to the butterfly effect and all that stuff. Yeah. It might sound crazy, but it's true. And all of a sudden, a lot of things exist mm-hmm. because of Seattle Retro Gaming Expo. The Seattle I'm Retro Gaming saying.
1: Expo um, brought a lot of great things together, brought people together. I know people have used us as references to get good positions at companies. Um, on a personal level, it's... in it's. Uh, inspired me to create the question block which is my monthly video yes. game pub quiz and that's going really well so i'm really happy about that and uh that desire to see something that doesn't exist is what led to uh the kickstarter that uh, that i'm running
0: which you can go right into right now so let's talk about that okay your kickstarter
1: let's start with that mm-hmm. um how uh, how pluggy do you want me to be i can give you the spiel as pluggy if you want, as you want. <laughs> plug it up all right. Plug all the... <clears up. throat> no, all right. I do not want to say that. Do you have an, you have an industrial toilet? Because I'm going to plug it up. Wow, <laughs> I was going a different way, and you went with a different way, and now I don't want any of the ways. Well, you know, I'm not eating very well during this Kickstarter. <laughs> um, we, by the way,
0: we could have a separate by podcast. By my
1: table, by the way. Let's, nice. let's talk about my body habits. Let's do
0: that. <laughs> but we could have an intestinal
1: problem issue podcast, because I have problems. Well, you know, does a bear shit in the woods? Because our company, Wooded Realms... Wow. I don't know where to go with that. I don't either. <laughs> Please disregard that if you're planning on buying a table. So it's Wooded Realms, it as is. in Wooded, like, Re- yep, like, uh, W-O-D-E-D, wooded. Like
0: forest, wooded.
1: Yep, Forest Realms here. Uh, if you are watching the uh video version, video you get version, a treat. You can see our uh, our little postcard here. Uh, so Wooded Realms is the company that I've started with my business partner, Michael. He is a, a family friend that I met over dinner one night who uh owns a factory in China. And uh, his factory produces office furniture. They've done projects large and small for personal and business. They mostly do corporate uh, production for uh, furniture in in factories in China. Mm. (coughs) And uh, he has been interested in uh, uh, doing something in America for a while. And um, over dinner, we got to talking, and he said he wanted to do something in America. And I said, well, you know, there's all these ideas that I have and things that I would love to see exist but the one thing that fit his profile the best was this board game table, this idea that, that, uh, you could have a table that's dedicated to board gaming, but is also affordable. And, uh, something that would actually go into like somebody who owns a two-bedroom apartment or a right. home. I was just going
0: to say, like everybody wants that, but yeah. can they <laughs> put it in their place?
1: Yeah, and I don't mind saying that uh, Geek Chic was really one of the inspirations for this because they had just the most beautiful tables. They were at PAX every year. Yeah, I remember them. Um, they're another local company, and their tables were just amazing. But they were these giant four-by-eight beasts that were dedicated to playing board games, and they were so nice and so expensive that... You know, I I almost didn't even want to play a game on them. You know, if I had one in my home, I'd be like, no, no drinks. Don't don't bring your drinks near the stable. Coasters or or you're not even near it. Everything is in plastic. Yeah. And uh, as much as I love that idea, A, I didn't have the space for it. And B, I didn't have the money for one. So our goal with the Witted Realms table was to create something that could function as a kitchen table or a dining room table. Something that could take daily abuse. Oh, that's so
0: cool! That, I think I didn't realize it until you just said that. Yeah, I mean that's the really the dual goal. usage is yeah, great.
1: If you look at the table um, when the cables are unplugged, the lights are turned off, the leaves are on, and the accessories are stowed away. It just—it's a table, ass table. Yeah. It just looks like a dining room table. Nothing you have to explain to neighbors or parents. Right. Why do you got that over in the corner? <laughs> exactly.
0: Dice. What are you D and D person? Yeah. Get so, out
1: of here. By the way, this
0: is the person who <laughs> says that.
1: Seriously. Because every, everybody has a as an aunt like that. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you're staying. You're spending too much time in the basement, Harold. Yep. My, Get out of here. My to my dad.
1: Everything. Every game is Donkey Kong.
0: Wait. Are you playing Donkey Kong again? God. Haven't you got that monkey yet?
1: <laughs> is <laughs> not he, he fallen down, Dad? The goal's not the monkey; it's the princess. <laughs>
0: yeah, and there's all these barrels. You wouldn't understand, Dad. So no, I love that idea. And mm-hmm. when I when you showed it to me first, and I saw it on Kickstarter, I was like. That makes sense. Gaming tables, it fits you. Mm-hmm. Board gaming, games, video games. It makes sense for Nathan to be involved in this project. But that adds another element. Yeah. And it's probably why you're so successful right now because what is
1: that uh, right we are, now? We're 10 days in, I think, maybe eight days. Mm-hmm. And we are sitting at uh, $230,000 for our Kickstarter. Yeah, that's great. We're that's very, a very money about business. That. Well, that's
0: actually really important because you need all that because these are things you've got to make.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, One of the reasons, so if if any of the listeners are familiar with board game tables, they will know that most of the tables you can find today cost thousands of dollars. They start with a deposit of $1,000 and they take months to deliver because they're handcrafted, they're put together by artisans who use the highest quality Brazilian rosewood and they look fantastic and you can give them to your kids when you die. Our table's not about that. Right, right. <laughs> Our table's about like your kid's going to run into the corner of the table with his head and put a dent in it. Yeah. So we want nice hard wood. You know, your kid will heal, but the table if it gets a dent, it's, <laughs> it's I love how the kid forever. is secondary in that story. <laughs> Listen, he'll
0: have a gash in his head for the rest of his life. But anyway, yeah, but you can
1: wipe the blood off. You it's can wipe fine. the blood off. <laughs>
0: No, that totally makes sense. And that, again, is why I feel like it's it's doing well right now because it's functional. I you. think
1: so, yeah. It's been really interesting because uh, as much as I have enjoyed doing um, public events like the Seattle Retro Gaming Expo and PAX and SoccerCon, a lot of that is uh, me standing behind a desk and watching people enjoy themselves, um, which I love doing. I love um, having my library available to people so they can enjoy the games that I enjoyed when I was a kid. But this is different. Uh, this is where... We have fans coming in and engaging and asking questions and being involved in the process. We've made changes to our Kickstarter because of things that people have asked for. Mm. We've introduced a new size for the table um, because people have asked for that specific size. And uh, as a result, we have people that really feel invested in the project and they feel like they're part of the community. And that's exactly what I wanted to have from this table.
0: Yeah, I think that's a big thing for in general for brands. Um, and I want to make it about like you're a brand i mean you are but yeah um but I we're, think we're a community, we, a community. We, we really
1: want people to to feel like they uh have ownership over this table
0: right and i think that's huge for um i mean a lot of a lot of companies could take basically a cue from that is what i'm saying mm-hmm. or this idea that hey you want someone to be into your stuff well then really surround yourself with a community about this thing and ha and and be for the community like you said you're like listening to what they say for input. Mm-hmm. You're listening to, you know, how you can make these things better. And so then they really do feel invested.
1: Yeah. You know? And uh, not to get too too much into shill territory, but what we're doing with the Kickstarter is we have an early bird special that's going on right now. I think it's going to be on for another uh, seven days as of this recording. This
0: will be going up not till next week.
1: Okay, so like oh. three days. Oh, hurry better hurry. Up. Two hurry or three days left. But the early bird is $500, and that includes like... Literally everything you need to really enjoy this table. It includes, of course, the table itself. It comes with a reversible playfield. So on one side is going to be a, a, a felt material, velvet or something we haven't decided yet, um, that's foam padded, and it's gonna cut, you're going to be able to choose the color. It's reversible, so there's going to be a smooth side with, I think, bamboo on the other side. We're still working on that material mm-hmm. as well. It's going to come with a clear acrylic sheet that fits the entire playfield area, and it's going to be all uh, removable, so you can take it out. It's also going to include all of the four, the four leaves that you can place on the table to convert it into just a dining or kitchen room table. Those leaves are going to be gasketed and lead uh, spills and liquids to a gutter system, and the gutter will redirect the liquid out of the table and underneath it, so it'll protect your your Whoa, field. Whoa, yeah. I wasn't ready for that. Yeah, I mean, it was, That's like... it was very important for us to make this table as functional as a living room, or excuse me, a kitchen table or a dining room table Yeah, as a gaming table, and that was key to it. That's cu- that's huge for just like a table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's like a helpful thing to have. Just, just protecting things, yeah. yeah. So-
0: you literally earlier spilt water... Over there on a table. It has no things to catch the water. No, no, no. There's no gutters. That
1: water's just sitting there. Yep. It's mocking us right now. It's like, look at me. Look what you did. That's an advertisement for my table. It's like, if you you had a a
0: Wooded Realms table. Yep. You wouldn't have had water looking at you the whole podcast. It's right over there. I can see it. I know. Dilly water. Oh, okay, that seems so, sounds great. What's yeah, the... it, it
1: comes with the it comes with the leaves that are on the table and the gaskets and the in the gutter system. It also includes uh, accessories. So there's four of these dice shelves that are. I was going to ask about that. They're removable and uh, they they slide out. You can put them in different positions around the table. It comes with two double cup holders for the long sides of the table, so you can have two people on the sides. Two single cup holders, which uh, are for the short sides and people sitting there. And and what uh, it also includes four. Uh, excuse me, uh, eight USB ports, 2.0-amp USB ports. Oh, so wait, this can... is
0: getting better as you talk about the table. I was well, about to course. shut you off and be like, okay, listen, we get the <laughs> table already. But now USB.
1: Oh, yeah, it's got USB ports. Uh, it has two AC adapters for plugging in your laptop or charger. The table can be unplugged, and then the plug can be capped. So if you don't want to like tell people why your table is plugged in, you can just... Oh, well, they yeah. can just get over it. But yeah, yeah they, okay. they can get over it, but yeah. if you don't want... Like I said, it's for your parents. When their parents show up, right, and they ask, right, right. why is the table plugged in? Are yeah. you playing Donkey Kong on this table? <laughs> You're playing Donkey Kong, I know you are. <laughs> that monkey is already dead. <laughs> you can unplug it, and it just looks like a kitchen table. Um, but you still have the benefits of these more expensive tables. Uh, and our goal was to include all of this stuff. Uh, oh, and the final thing that it includes is a uh, RGBW LED strip that's embedded inside the table. And we've actually hidden it inside the table so that what you see is the refracted light. So no matter where you sit, you're never blinded by an LED light. Oh right, right. But it's you just can... kind of like an ambiance to the, it, the it table. Does. yeah. And like, I mean. I'll be honest with you, I if I was buying a table like this, I would not spring extra for the LEDs because I'm like, why? Yeah, yeah. But when you include them, it becomes this kind of neat little thing that you can show your friends once, you right. know, and then uh, it does add ambiance. Uh, if you're so, for example, we were playing Forbidden Island. Are you familiar with that game? Yes. Okay. So with Forbidden Island, um, for for people who don't know. It's a cooperative game where players are trying to collect treasures from a playfield that they lay down. The playfield is actually cards that they place. And as the game goes on, um, portions of the board become, quote-unquote, underwater. They get flooded. And so you could set it up so that the lights are green during gameplay. And then when somebody draws the card that raises the floodwaters, blue. you tap a button and it flashes blue and you get That's this like, so cool. fluctuating blue look. And then you can go back to the green color. So or really... like you're
0: playing Arkham Horror and it's like all red.
1: Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's like yeah. creepy. Or D&D and you can set like a lava feel, feel or you can do like a f- wooded forest, like a oh, wooded realm. Wooded realms. <laughs> it's all coming together. So the LED is is really cool. It's a nice feature, um, but it's an, it's I would call it a nice to have. You know, some people want it, some people don't. If you don't want it, you you don't see the LEDs ever because they are recessed. You only see the refraction. Right, light. right. They're not like out there like mm-hmm. Christmas and, lights. And right. we have plans. I haven't announced any of this stuff yet, but we have plans for that little strip there. So it's not just going to be a, a, a space on your table that you don't know why it's there. You will be using it for other purposes.
0: Oh, do, 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 coming yeah. soon. Okay, what's the base level to get in?
1: So uh, our Kickstarter is for the uh, core table. We're calling it the standard. Uh-huh. Um, that includes everything I just talked about. No, there's no additional pricing for any of that stuff. You get everything for $500. How
0: many books? Yep, five hundred bones, you get the whole dang thing. Oh. I mean,
1: what be, people buy tables?
0: How much are tables?
1: <laughs> exactly, like a couple hundred dollars for a table. My goal was to make this table uh, a table that you would buy just on its looks as a kitchen table for five hundred dollars. Right?
0: Because here's the thing: when you uh, become an adult, all right, young people who are listening, because there's definitely a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Um, one, it sucks.
1: <laughs> no, no, I'm
0: sorry. It's it's pretty good. But, it's a um, mixed bag. It's a mix bag. At it's best. a very very <laughs> apt. Uh, but here's what happens: you start realizing you have to buy furniture you go wait what the fuck it cost eight
1: hundred dollars for a couch
0: yeah you're like that shouldn't be the right price mm-hmm. and like there's some for 500 but you know what i mean like you you're gonna can, spend... you can get a
1: futon but you're not an adult if you have a futon right and you go no buy... offense
0: to the futon owners out there oh, well offense to your back because it's terrible <laughs> um i'll tell you what you also look for a bed and you're like oh it's yeah. a lot of money so this goes along with it's like adulting almost. Like it is. You want to buy a nice table.
1: Also, you got some nerd qualities, which we yeah. all love on this yeah. podcast. Why it, don't it, you do both? It eases the pain of of adulting by charging you $500 for a table, <laughs> but you can play you cool games and turn on here. your LED lights. <laughs> all right, chill is over. Yes. But that was
0: a, a good show. I think we did a good show. Uh, and I like the product, and I'm going to back it. And that's it. our
1: show, folks.
0: And that's our show. We're done with the whole show. <laughs> That's funny, because that's true. We are done with the show. Mm-hmm. Hey, I have you on the show. I wanted to bring up this one topic before we get into things that we're into. Sure. Um, we both have done... Literally, you've produced video game conventions. Mm-hmm. I have been at all of them. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've been to a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, do we think... We hear this every year. The death of E3. <laughs> it's 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 less people here this year than ever. Um, it's definitely over this time. That so- being said... There's a ton of other new shows mm-hmm. and a lot of local shows, which we know. PRG, you know, a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose City was the other day. Yep. Uh, so there's a ton of new shows, I feel like, that are local-based, not as big, smaller. PAX is still going strong. Mm-hmm. But E3 does seem like on a decline right now because I was there last year and it was uh, less. Mostly empty. Most empty. So what are your thoughts on AE3? hmm Is it, you know, really truly dead or is it just kind of going through a cycle? And B, are game conventions on the decline or rise? Okay. Um, That's an
1: interesting question because I have an opinion about that. Well, I'm (laughs) glad I asked. (laughs) So um, when people talk about the death of E3, I think that that's looking at E3 from one perspective. And that perspective is that idea that E3 is a consumer event and really E3 was not ever meant to be a consumer event. Right, right. You know, you were supposed to be industry. You were supposed to pay to go to these conferences that talked about, like, distribution and how to court retailers. And the show floor was for journalists to go and and preview these items and for retailers to preview these items and decide what to buy for for the coming, you know, season, holiday season or whatever. Like product. Yeah. Not, like, reviews. It's a trade show. Yeah. And I would say that as a trade show... E3 is kind of dying. Yes, absolutely. Um, but as a consumer show, E3 is is this this little blossom that's just starting to open up. Interesting. And, it's morphing. Yeah. And what you're seeing is this decline of retailer attendance and retailer pricing and sponsorship and the rise of... Um, you know, the social media aspect and influencers attending this show that has this cachet of being this elite exclusive experience. Right. And I think we're at that valley right now where um the retail and the trade show attendance is is at its zenith. No, apex, no zenith. Apex is high, zenith is it's at the it's at the valley, it's at okay. the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> and the consumer aspect of it has not risen to its to its full potential yet. Um, so I, it feels like E3 is dying, but really it's transitioning. It's a rebirth. Then it that is. makes sense. And um, but you know, all that being said, I cannot say whether or not the the uh, growth of E3 as a consumer event will continue to grow. Right. Uh, it, you know, it might be that Pax. Uh, well, I personally believe that Pax has already taken that space, and E3 is playing catch up at this point. Mm.
0: Over one thing. Pax has many shows, right? So like, Pax is Pax mm-hmm. South, Pax East, yeah. Pax West, Pax Australia, yeah. Pax one more, Pax Unplugged, and Pax
1: Dev, yeah. Okay, it, so there you go. I think cumulatively speaking, Pax is the largest show uh, for right. for video games.
0: Yeah. Oh, that easily makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went to Pax East. Was it last year? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, what the hell? Yeah. This is huge. And it was just you know that thing, which I always put in my head like, oh no, that's just a little satellite show because. Mm-hmm. Back in the day it kind of was. Yeah. But now it's like, no, this is a big freaking show. Yeah. And it's also part of the Pax universe. So
1: PAX is no longer Pax Prime. It's Pax West because every other show has grown. Right.
0: I by the way, I always refuse to say Pax Prime. (laughs) I'm from where it was created. My buddy is Mike Mm Faylauer. Uh we are, you know, I watched him create the fucking thing. It's PAX. All right. Yeah. Everybody else, calm down. There's no Prime. (laughs) There's no West. And there's no East. There happens to be East because it's in the East Coast. I get that. But Pax was born here. I'm mm-hmm. putting the mm-hmm. stake in the sand, which no one cares about. Uh, well, that's interesting. I think that yeah, I think to go uh, piggyback off of that is it does feel like more of a social online community moment. So mm-hmm. things that gear and go towards that mm-hmm. become successful, right? So PS um, PlayStation's experience, PSX, yeah, yeah, PSX, right? So that was born out of like, hey, we have a bunch of fans in this community beyond podcasts, etc. Why don't we build something just for them? That is a hundred percent a community event. Really?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean, they're selling games, but I don't really feel like they are. I feel like people go to that show because they want to be part of
1: something. And so uh, as a, as a former Microsoft employee who worked at Xbox, I think that Sony really understands what it means to be a part of the community. And they understand that, People want to feel like they're included, like they're a part of something. Mm. Uh, and PSX is an example of that. I, I doubt that PSX is making Sony money in terms of raw numbers. They might sell things oh, like they yeah, had exclusives, they can't. but uh, th- that event costs hundreds of thousands of dollars to put on. I'm sure. But the fact is that people who show up to that. They have a brand affinity with Sony that uh, cannot be rivaled by any other manufacturer. Yeah. Yep. Um, and and even if they even if you grow up as a like a diehard Nintendo fan like I did, you still have to give Sony props for being the the modern the quote unquote modern gaming system.
0: Yeah, it's almost like the Nintendo Power, but like in person. Because right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Nintendo yeah. Power made you feel like part of a thing because yeah. you're like, oh, I got the subscription to the magazine. I'm yeah. part of the club.
1: Yeah. Speaking of, I really wish I enjoyed the Nintendo Power podcast more. Oh, I haven't, I haven't listened to it yet. It's it's all I think right. Someone tell me about it. I it's, should listen to it. It's worth listening to, um, but a it doesn't. It comes out like once every three months or something. Oh, geez. And b it just misses that kind of joie de vivre that, that yeah. a lot of other podcasts have. I do like the Treehouse, though. I've listened treehouse to it. Or awesome. listen slash watch the on YouTube. Yeah. the treehouse one thing. of my great joys. Uh, one of my great joys when I worked at Nintendo back in uh, 2000 to 2004 was going to to visit the Treehouse and meet some of the people that did those things. I met Bill Trin, and I met A-Train, and some of the other yeah. awesome people, and uh, seeing the GameCube before it was the GameCube. Oh, snap. Yeah. I saw Luigi's Mansion like way before anybody else, and I was like, oh, my
0: oh. God. You guys understand. It's going to be great.
1: <laughs> I remember uh, I was at E3 one year, and
0: I saw in a Nintendo booth um, that guy who does the Mario voice. Uh, yeah. He, um, this is just a, a story that came to my mind. He was doing this like live like, he was there behind the oh, screen. Oh, yeah, the animatronic Mario. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> there was a Mario that was there, and he was being voiced by the actual... It's uh,
1: Charles Martinet. That guy. Yeah.
0: But he had to kill time because we were all there, and, like, it wasn't... Like, something happened he, where, like, he someone was, supposed, was late.
1: He, it was basically, like, the Mario was set up next to the line. So as people walk the line, he would talk to people, right? Yeah. Like, hey, Mario hey, would talk yeah, to people. yeah, yeah.
0: But then he would like, he'd had to keep making stuff up. And I was like, I feel like he's running out of material. <laughs> it felt weird. It felt well, awkward. I remember He's
1: that. only got like, uh, it's a me. It's a and me, And yeah. wahoo yeah. to go on. So. He said that a lot. <laughs> it's not um, very fertile ground. It isn't. I will give, uh, I'm going to give Xbox a little bit of shout out in
0: the fact that I know some of those guys who do the MVP program. Yeah. And they do really join that like and kind of. Adhere and take to that community aspect. Mm-hmm. I was at one event in E3 um, doing some videos and stuff, and they fed all of their MVPs with tacos, yeah. which I love. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they had, like, drinks and, and mm-hmm. uh, performances and stuff, and it just felt, like, really cool to be there, and you yeah. felt, like, special. Yeah, those, those are small microcosms.
1: Those guys, those guys are great. Uh, Khalil and uh, Brady and yeah. um, Savannah and some of those people that, that do the Xbox stuff. Uh, also the, uh, Xbox insiders, which is actually the team that I was on when I was working at team Xbox, uh, was the Xbox insider team. And, uh, I know some great people on there. I know Bradley, uh, Wombat. Oh, Bradley. Yeah, uh, totally. Wombat man. Um, he's, he's the head of that team. He, if you're a Penny Arcade fan, you probably recognize that name from back in the day. Oh yeah. And they're all awesome people and they work hard and they love what they do and they love the product. So I I don't want to cast dispersions on Xbox by saying that Sony is a better brand. No but, no no. I but just, I but I would I would say that um, they Microsoft is not as good as expressing the passion that the people there have for the product. Well, almost more of in a global way, I think, right? Because
0: mm-hmm. like PSX is is like a global we are PlayStation mm-hmm. and Xbox MVP and ambassador and stuff like that. That's incredible, but it's like more you know, smaller groups and stuff. So I feel like that might be the only difference. Like it's more of a global approach to like everything at PlayStation is everything at PlayStation. Mm -hmm. You're part of, you know, all the things. Yeah. I I will uh, say
1: that, that, um, Microsoft is, does an excellent job of being an underdog. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> nice. because they hey, were, Everybody uh, loves an underdog. They were an much.
1: underdog when the original Xbox came out, and they nailed it. Like They did everything that everybody wanted. They made the product oh, that they 100%. wanted, and that became the Xbox 360. And they did great job of iterating on it and making it and improving it as the time went on. If you look at the original Xbox 360 when it came out and compare it to the Xbox 360 at the end of its life cycle... They're like two different machines. Yeah, they added all the things. They got rid of the original blades and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and they added like Netflix and Hulu. I mean, that was an innovation on Microsoft's part. And it was because they are a scrappy underdog. And now that we have the Xbox One, they're doing more scrappy underdog awesome things and the passionate people are starting to come back into the fore right. and do things. And I think that Game Pass is part of that. I mean, And backwards compatibility. What a, what a fucking fantastic deal. I right? love the
0: Game Pass. Stated yeah. K's on there. Yeah. Crackdown will be on Six, there.
1: $60, yeah, $10 a month, and you get every brand new game that comes out that's a first-party exclusive. And you get it not only on... Your Xbox console But you get it on PC Like you buy the game And you get the PC version It's like the buy anywhere Kind of
0: Windows thing That was talked about And this by the way Is Beam on my computer I was going to point out Oh yeah And so early early days I was (laughs) part of as well Mm -hmm. And we were underdogs as that And now Mm -hmm. underdogs as Mixer Yeah Um, And again Shout out to Mixer uh, Tips and Tricks the show that I helped create with uh, <laughs> a bunch of people over there, including Malik and Ethan. Oh, Malik, he's the other guy. Co hosts. Yeah. They're going to be on this podcast in yeah. about two weeks. Nice. Yeah. All right. I also get them on the show. So, anyways, um, I think in general, mm-hmm. uh, shows aren't gone. Yes. Community is huge. Mm-hmm. And anybody who has a big company or a medium sized company uh, or small company, mm-hmm. just focus on your fans, focus on the community. And you should be good. I mean, that's what yeah. it's about. You know, if we want to go back to E3
1: for just one second, we have one second because we're already all right. E- <laughs> we're running out of time. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say that I think that uh, the 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 thing that I liked about E3 as a trade show was that it was possible to sneak in. You could oh. you could you could be a GameStop employee, or you could work in like the call center or warehouse at a game company, or even just like. A, you know, Fred Meyer or something, yeah, yeah, or yeah. Target, I guess. And you could come in as a retailer and get in and and like check out Tony Hawk doing like. Half pipe moves and but like and actually floor. Tony Hawk playing Tony Hawk <laughs> <laughs> or Tony Hawk yeah on his yeah. on his skateboard yeah yeah just <laughs> That little fake skateboard oh I hated yeah. <laughs> that
0: thing God bless him for trying but man I hated that yeah um, but
1: you could sneak in and and, and be right. just another person yeah with with the new uh, the, the new brand economy that's coming around and the thing that e is trying to become yeah you can't do that anymore you have to like you have to show them on your phone how many followers you have before you can walk into one of those parties yeah and. I guess it's like from a from a corporate perspective, that's great because you're only ensuring that the top of the top get in there. But for like schmoes like me who was working in the call center at Nintendo back in the day that just loved games and wanted to see E3, you're losing out on those people. And those people are the ones who become the influencers. So I think that by uh, ignoring people who don't already have a large audience, you're kill, you're destroying your your future as a as a company who who. Played to the passionate people who can't do anything now, but will do something in the future. But don't those people just pay money now? They
0: just have to pay money for the community. Days. Yeah, but
1: they'll they just... pay money for the things that they care about. And they don't care about things that couldn't, they couldn't get into. Right. Oh, right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was. I remember there was a time period where the people were just like making up websites and in the negative way, right? Not oh yeah, yeah. Right. Like, like I've f- got a 50 website, fake
1: reviews. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. whatever.
0: Angelfire <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I make videogamesareawesome.com. dot com. It's a thing yeah. or but, dot org. But you
1: know, those people, the people who put in that effort and really tried to get in there, are the ones who are now like community managers That's and marketing. True. That's a hundred percent true. Yeah, and those are the people that like they if they got in and they got to see Namco doing their weird shit that never came out. Then they're enthusiastic about Namco and they're excited to meet the Namco people. Now they might be working at Namco. Exactly. Impressions,
0: impressions are big. Yeah, we started with the podcast with Butterfly Effect. It's true. <laughs> uh, real quick, cool, let's move on to games. We all have right. maybe fifteen minutes left, maybe ten. Okay. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. I'm playing. Uh, wow. I want to talk about it half a second on the podcast.
1: Please, I, I'm super excited because I, have my fucking, my uh, pile of shame is growing by the day because of the Kickstarter and all it's doing. Mm. Uh, the, in fact. I what pre- is on your pile of I pre-ordered Uncharted Lost Legacy. Oh, my goodness. I haven't even touched it. I That's an oldie. I know, at right? At this point. A God of War. I really want to play God you of War. You not fucking even d- No, oh. don't tell me. Does the boy die? I so don't know. Everybody don't dies. Everybody
0: dies. Thank Spoiler. You. Thank you. <laughs> Everything is actually Pac-Man and Donkey Kong. <laughs> and guess what? You still have to kill the monkey
1: at the end. Yep. I, it's gotten so bad, my dad has stopped asking me to play Donkey Kong.
0: <laughs> That's how bad its <laughs> <didn't> is. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what, God of War is one of my favorite experiences of this console generation. Awesome. That's good to hear. Okay. And the other favorite experience of this console generation? Dragon Quest XI.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell me about it. I the short know.
0: version is this If you like JRPGs, or if you're like me and have liked them in the past, but haven't had one to like, got to get into for a while, mm-hmm. it's a perfect welcome home moment. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, what is good about a good, and again, it's turn based JRPG. I looked at a lot of the trailers and I thought it was similar to some of the uh, Kunis of the world and stuff where it's action-based, mm-hmm. uh, but some traditional kind of The way um, Final Fantasy is going. And now. Like Final Fantasy is going. Mm-hmm. Uh, it isn't. It's traditional turn-based. Uh, you set up party members to do what you want. You can you know, pick their orders, or you, and you can give them orders, or you can have them do what they want and fight mm-hmm. uh, realistically or you know, heal people. So it's old school, but man, when you have grown up with that, like both of us have, and you have been away for a while, mm-hmm. it's like coming home. Hmm. Um, Kotaku has an amazing two series video Like two different videos I forgot the guy's name and I apologize But I'll put a link in the show notes He did an amazing video And it, it's just like, I don't know, 10-15 minutes Explaining why Dragon Quest in general is awesome But also why this is great Dragon Quest Eight, I think, was the last one That we all had in the US mm-hmm. uh, And that was PlayStation 2 Fucking PlayStation
1: wow. 2 didn't, didn't Ten come out on the 3DS? Was 10,
0: that... yeah Okay, we're talking like I think Traditional style Was it 10 traditional right, style too? a, to a console JRPG Yeah, console thing. JRPG mm-hmm. I guess handheld They had a bunch of Different variations Offshoots yeah. And 11 was the last one But that was an MMO mm-hmm. Which we didn't get mm-hmm. So, I mean not 11 I'm, What was
1: it? It was 11 Builders the, the, the Minecraft copy Is that what you're talking
0: about? No, Dragon Quest Builders Is something different What's the one that what? was Now do I have to use the internet? There was we the MMO We have 10 minutes
1: We have 10 minutes <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, well anyways, there's an MMO. I won't go into yeah. it. There's an MMO, and we didn't get that one, but we, because they didn't want to bring it over. Yeah. But we, we we needed a traditional one. That's what this is. What the guys in Kotaku said is 100% right. It's perfect for take a shower, relax, get all ready for bed, jump into Dragon Quest XI. Hmm. You get some levels, you had that little perfect carrot on the stick moment mm-hmm. where like, oh, we just got to a new town. And this person says, we should go over there because that person didn't want to talk to you, but this person does, and they might be- help present the story along. Mm-hmm. And then also there's a cat suit that you can wear if you buy it and you've got to sell and buy and sell and buy that mm-hmm. RPG mechanic stuff. So you get a bunch of stuff, you buy the cat suit, you, w- you talk to the mayor, you level up in the fields mm-hmm. against the monsters, mm-hmm. and then you go to bed. Relaxed, accomplished, and accomplished, and even if your boss is a shit and your world is fucked, you're like, I got that sword, and the mayor knows who I am, and I fucking got that cat suit. Which, by the way, I don't know what that fucking cat suit I'm does. Crawling
1: around like a furry, and no,
0: I love it. I, you know, I wish I was because, f- shout out to everybody listening to this. Although I might have figured it out by the time this goes up. I bought a katsu for fucking two thousand gold. Mm-hmm. Have no idea how to do anything with it. As I said, "Put it on the suit. and it goes, "You don't. You can't."
1: Oh, well, so, maybe you'll meet a, a cat. Something's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah.
0: Anyways, that's my short synopsis. It is like coming home. If you like RPGs, it's beautiful. Okay. Wow, that's awesome. What, what one thing you're playing that you uh,
1: that are playing? Are you playing anything? Um. So, right now, uh, I am not playing. I'm playing answer emails and be on hold. Right. Which is um, probably my least favorite game, but it's very it's very rewarding. That game you can't win. By the yeah. way. that's a <laughs> losable game. Um, I'm also playing. Watch the numbers go up on Kickstarter, which is which is actually that's really a good fun. Game. That's a better yeah. game. Yeah, that's a um I that's a, an idle game that I really enjoy. <laughs> have you have you
0: have you fucked with uh, Hero Clicker or whatever it is? Um, I have those clicker games. I haven't played
1: Hero Clicker, but I've done some really good ones. Uh, if if you if you're willing to bear with me, I can look at my, my phone history. You look talk. it up
0: while I bring up something else. Okay, but
1: there is one other game that I did play that I, I wanted to mention, which is Minute. Oh. That's the game. It's a black and white game. I love that game. Where you, Yeah, you die every 60 seconds. And I just think it's a fantastic concept. It turns an RPG into bite-sized chunks, so you can play literally for like three minutes and make progress, and I love that about it. When you were talking about uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. Uh, I was thinking about like how much I love Dragon Quest One now more than I did when I was a kid, um, and it's because in Dragon Quest One, it's such a small, by today's standards, RPG right. that like you can get, just get to the next town and yes. you feel accomplished. Yeah, and uh, the numbers are so low. Like if you do five damage and then all of a sudden you level up and you're doing six damage, you're like, yes, yes, it's a big <laughs> deal.
0: That's I'm so glad you brought that up. I'd mentioned minute a while ago on my solo podcast, but mm-hmm. not in the discussion one. Mm-hmm. And that is a great, literally a minute. You have a minute to get some stuff done, and you do you inevitably play like four or five minutes, right? Because right. you can't just play one. You can't, yeah. It's like um, a lays.
1: Potato yeah, you trail. can't eat
0: just one, but you definitely play it for. You can play five to ten minutes and be like satiated. Yeah. You know, yeah. you got to the new section, you got a new uh, item and stuff.
1: Yeah, you can play for a long time and still feel just as satisfied, too, which is another impressive thing about, uh, about Minit. It doesn't have to be played in a short burst.
0: No, no. It's M-I-N-I-T, I believe, right? Yes. Min- yeah. Yep.
1: So check that out. Uh,
0: also, while well, you're looking for that real quick, mm-hmm. I do want to mention to you Polymega. So Polymega is coming out. I just found out about it in um, – I don't know when it's coming out, but it's coming out for $249. It is similar to the Retron – Uh, those emulator-type machines, which I know that is a touchy subject around someone who loves the... Poly app? Polymega. Okay. Is that right? Yes, polymega.com. That's a good name. I like that. Um, And again, we're dealing with Nathan who is
1: Seattle Retro Gaming Expo. I just say that again. Seattle Retro Gaming. Just because I have thousands of original uh, copies of games doesn't mean I don't like carrying them around in my pocket. Okay, so there
0: you go. But this is not even that. So this is a device that, like the Retron, plays those old games. Mm -hmm. So it's not like emulating. But what's beautiful about it is it plays Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Turbo Graphics, hello, Carlos's favorite. Yeah. Secondly, it plays discs, motherfucker. What? PlayStation One. Okay. Neo Geo CD. I didn't know that was a thing.
1: Neo, yeah. Oh man, it's terrible. Okay. Well, <laughs> you can play those terrible games. Turbo CD. Turbo CD is awesome. Let In me say really device. quick: the, the reason the Neo Neo Geo CD games are terrible is because they're just Neo Geo games, but with like three minute load times. Oh, that sounds terrible! Yeah, imagine playing Fatal Fury, and when you go into the match, it's a minute before the match starts.
0: Yeah, Neo Geo by itself, back in the day, for you young people, uh, was incredible graphics and incredible just you know visuals mm-hmm. that you didn't need CD for that. That was just like oh, it, it was three hundred
1: thirty mega. What more do you Whoa. need? that didn't mean anything, did it? <laughs> it was uh, I think three hundred thirty mega is megabits, so that translates into forty megabytes. That's so... Dude, that's so crazy. <laughs> Which is a lot back in the day. You know, That's almost half a zip drive. Oh, we're talking zip drives now. <laughs>
0: Dating us. Um, so anyways, Polymega.com. Here's the thing. They just announced they're also going to play Saturn games. What?
1: 249 That's How do, do you not buy that? This, is this a Kickstarter? I don't know. That's kind of risky. It's already done.
0: No, it's already this, done. It's being made. Oh, really? It's, I don't think it's a Kickstarter. Okay. From what I gathered from the trailer... And the one and a half minutes that I looked at it, <laughs> it looked like it was, it was already being made and you just
1: had to order it. That's great. Because let me just say, if you see a Kickstarter with something that sounds too good to be true and offers way too many accessories and options for a really, really good price, don't trust it. Don't trust it. Go with the established, fellows. Pay more. Right. And there's a lot of uh, sarcasm in there. Hashtag wooded Realms.
0: Wooded Realms. Um... So that's my thing. What's your thing that you've been finding? I'm still looking for it, damn it. It's gone. It's, it's off. We it's don't have time. Gone. We don't yep. have time. We'll come back to it.
1: Uh, here's one more thing I have for you. Is uh, Oh, instead of telling you about the game that I played, can I tell you about the game I wish existed? Yes. Okay. It's called Miss Madge's Unemployment Agency for Ex-Convicts. I'm listening. <laughs> so the game starts out with Miss Madge giving you a job as an ex-con, You know, you're coming back, re-entering the workforce. You come in and the game starts. You are sitting in the air control tower at the airport and you've got the the window in front of you with the airplanes and you've got a huge control panel with a bunch of buttons, levers, dials, and switches. You don't know what anything does. You just push a button and something happens. This sounds terribly dangerous (laughs) and bad. (laughs) And you just keep doing that until either planes crash and people die or you succeed and move on to the next job. I don't like this game. <laughs> I decided I don't like this idea. Wouldn't that be amazing?
0: I don't know if you amazing's could,
1: the word. You could control. You could be the airport controller. You could be uh, the guy in that weird little house on bridges that that turn when trains go over them. You could control the train yard. You Dude, be, I tell you, you what, you, you could, could be a, also be that person. Planner.
0: You could be that person running <laughs> for the hills because this Yahoo is trying to control everything, yep. and he has no idea. He
1: mismatches unemployment agency for ex convicts. Okay, anybody buy
0: it six years from now? Anybody in the podcast listening uh, can make that right now. Uh, <laughs> you should probably make it a platform game or something. And I think that in general, though, somebody like messing up their job, like mm-hmm. being bad at their job, is kind of mm-hmm. funny. Oh, absolutely. You know, like that's what uh, when a job, that job simulator. In, especially when that job involves. Lives well. No, that's that's <laughs> the part where Nathan. That's the part where it isn't funny. All right. Anyways, real quickly, Rob Mc, uh, McCullum, who a friend of the show, friend of mine on the Facebooks and stuff. We have never worked together. I hopefully, Rob, at some point, we will work together. Um, he's awesome. He's worked on so many documentaries, including the one on Kitty, one of my favorite rock bands ever. Nice. Uh, he just uh, co-released the um, Here uh, He Man documentary. It's on Netflix right now. Really? Yeah, it's like, uh, I could have looked it up, the name of it, <laughs> but I'll look at it right now. But That, that would involve prep. Yeah, well, I'd never do parp no. prep. I, I, don't know, harp, I don't know PARP I, either. I, you
1: know, I heard that there's a trailer out for the new She-Ra show on Netflix. I've been meaning to watch that.
0: What? She-Ra's a new show? Yeah. Uh, this is... Um, not afraid,
1: not ashamed to admit it. I watched T-Man, and then I watched she
0: Wait, what are you talking about? They're so you, good.
1: yeah, you when were a I was fan a of She-Ra. Yeah. yeah, on USA Network. Why, why wouldn't you? It's right, part of the it, same it, universe. Right, the same universe. Yeah, yeah. There was crossovers. He-Man appeared on, uh, uh, excuse me, She-Ra appeared on Eternia, and He-Man went to She-Ra's world. I'm right not judging you.
0: The power of Greyskull, <laughs> the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Right. It's freaking incredible. It's like, you know, a long documentary on He-Man and how they worked with the toys and all that stuff.
1: You know, I had I'm the castle of Greyskull. Did you? A kid. Yeah. I got it. For, it was my big, it was the like, what's this behind the couch present? Oh, I love those presents. yeah.
0: No, we're all done. Seriously, no more to see here. Wait, what's out? I had one where they did it outside the door. Really? Yeah. Like you look outside and there's no, 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 a present? Like, they were like, um, I think I saw, my mom's like, I think oh. earlier someone was knocking at the door. <laughs> Which is weird because we don't expect and, anybody. And at there Christmas. were all these
1: bells jingling and hooves. <laughs> I cleaned up a bunch of reindeer poop. I don't know what was going on. They,
0: she did say that. No, <laughs> she didn't say any of that. But she did say go check out and they open the fucking door and there's uh-huh. a present out there. That's pretty cool. Oh, that is but cool. By the way, later, real quick I need to tell a because 'cause I've never told this on the podcast. Mm. We're on a tangent. And we're pretty much the show's over. That's but a good that's a good name for a podcast, by the way. We're pretty much on a we're tangent. We're on a tangent. We're on a yeah. tangent. Okay, see talking about Christmas presents. Kitty I knocked you over. Um One time I got my brother – should I tell you what the present is? No, I'll tell you. No, yeah. I I was going to – I had money. I just started working at Mm Amazon.com in 1999 because I'm a million years old. Mm -hmm. And um, I was making – And
1: filled with regrets of not keeping the shares. Yes, I am. Yeah, me too.
0: Well, I needed the money because at the time we sold them because we had to, like, live. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I was making about $10 an hour, which back then was pretty good. Mm And, you know, I was doing well, in quotes. Uh, My brother didn't know that I was doing probably as well as I was, and I kind of downplayed it, and he wanted, like... Smart move. Yeah, video games and stuff like that for Christmas. So I had him um, come over to the house, and we did Christmas in my house, did all the presents, all small little things, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wait, pulled a mom... There's something in the other room. I think I forgot. Yeah, and then he's like getting excited, which mm-hmm. is cool. Mm-hmm. I bring out this box that was like huge, massive box, and he opens it up, and it's that classic. There's a box inside a box, and there's yep. like fucking, yep. a, you know, Russian dolls, weird shit inside. Mm-hmm. He finally gets to the small box inside. He's like, "What the fuck could this be?" It was the GameCube. What? It blew his mind. <laughs> he like lost his shit. I had a picture of it for a while, and it was his, his, his he's just eyeballs were just like out of his face and it was one of my favorite moments that's
1: awesome yeah was awesome because he
0: no he had no idea that i was doing so well at work mm-hmm. you know and i never even mentioned it i knew that that was the system he wanted so
1: yeah so to have like this thing just pop out of nowhere out of like 20 boxes <sighs> out of 20 boxes Talk about rewarding effort yeah that's i worked awesome. on that all
0: right one more thing and then we're gonna go because we're freaking already over and we'll do the after part um what can i pick Night in the woods. Oh, I, I want to give a shout out to Tim Heidecker from Tim and Eric. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you like that show? Do you, do you Honestly, I've like never watched it. I, I, you know, speaking of piles of shame, Tim, the new I'm Venture sorry. Brothers has started. Oh. Not that yet. Okay,
0: so Tim and Eric are amazing, and anything that Tim does, I'm gonna do. He, I want to give him a shout out because, believe it or not, Tim and Eric was amazing. Mm-hmm. As you and I both know, when you're when you have a company behind you, your shit can be like bigger than it really is. Like, it's awesome, but it also gets marketing and freaking commercials. Right. Tim and Eric had, you know, was it Adult Swim and all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So while that was amazing by itself and rules, rules and all that shit, um, he went to, like, kind of do his own thing now, you know? And one of the things he did with, I want to say Comedy Central, I think that's right, but uh, on cinema at the cinema. So him and his friend basically review movies in an awkward kind of way, mm-hmm. but then it also tells a story about the two characters who are doing it and their backstory like all like weird like hmm. angers and frustrations and weirdness, right right And they really take it to like to another level because they one of the whole seasons is just them in court because like Tim killed someone you know like <laughs> like that's uh, a whole arc. See, it is funny when it involves lives. I guess it is. I guess I was wrong But so anyway So on the on Semina At the Semina Find that But also he's doing This new show That literally has The amount of same amount Of viewers as we do mm-hmm. Which is I mean Wow Both of us is great I yeah. mean that's a kind of like Maybe not as great for him Good you, for me I don't know You guys should do A link share Well I <laughs> definitely Want to be on his show uh, But the, here's the thing Anybody can be on his show Because it's called Office Hours And you just call in On the telephone Oh no shit Yeah and he's just there That's awesome Just giving you shit
1: So be yeah. prepared and then he talks to you and he asks how he can help. And it's freaking great. There was, a, there was another podcast like that. I, I can't remember who did it, but uh, it was essentially he would have, it was some com- comedian like Chris Gethard maybe, mm. uh, where uh, he would just have a phone line open and people would call. Yeah. And the one rule was that he could not hang up. He had to wait for the other person to hang up. And it like, was supposed to be funny, but it became very heartfelt. He had people calling who had like depression issues and people who had oh, questions and yeah. insomnia. And it just became a much more, much more than just a comedy podcast. That's what happens when you
0: enter in human lives and discussions. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what happens, you know? Yeah. Uh, We're done
1: with this podcast because we have to do the after part. Nathan, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. What's the website again? Uh, The website is woodedrealms.com. We're still live on Kickstarter. Uh, If you look for Second Breakfast Board Game Table, that's 2ND. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah. Breakfast, check out. board game table. Please do check it out. Tell your friends, uh, not just because I want you to buy the table, which I think you would be happy with it, but because, you know, I, I did recently get laid off. I, I like to say I fired Microsoft and uh, started <laughs> nice. doing this full time. Yeah. And I would love for this to, to... This is my dream job. I would love to continue doing this. So if you like supporting people's passions and letting people do what they want, um, consider pledging, consider telling your friends this show's over. Yeah. But that is, a, it's a good show because it's, it is
0: is about humanity and it's about, um, it's about lives. It's about lives. <laughs> it's about creativity and saving lives. Do you want to save a life or do you not want to? Yeah. Uh, Twitter, O-N-A-W-A is me and youtube.com slash C slash a lot of things. That's where this video will be as well as clips from it. Mm-hmm. Our funny quips will become clips. All right. And that will be there and that's it. See you later. Bye. We got to go. What?
1: Ah, my my I'm on, oh, you, I'm on, are you Twitter, on Twitter, Twitter at another fluke. Another I'm fluke. On, I'm on everything at another fluke, and uh, my uh, Kickstarter is on everything at wooded realms. Bam at whatever See, everybody has a Twitter.
0: There you go. Well, we have a Twitter too, but I don't check out the Insta. Our, our Instagram is pretty cool. Insta. Yeah. You said you use the short term. I know. I'm like 20 years younger now, right? All right, Kitty says this show is freaking over. Or
1: I'm 20 years older.